Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols and Doghouse from Federal Baseball on the line after the Nationals' 5-1 to win. Steven Strasburg improves to 13-0, one of only two pitchers in the last three decades to start a season 13-0. Who's the other? Which one he has the answer? Max Scherzer. <laughs> Max Scherzer's trap bunny on the mound tonight, Dave. 12 and 0 with the Nats, 15 and 1 and 16 starts this season, unbeaten in his last 19 outings, going back to last September. Two hits allowed from the last 50 batters he's faced in two starts since returning from the DL for tonight. Four scoreless tonight uh, and hitless on 44 pitches, just one walk allowed. His first hit by Starling Marte to start the fifth. A two-out single by Jordy Mercer just gets by Clint Robinson for the only run they score. one nothing at that point. Ends up, ends up throwing 105 pitches total in eight innings. Three hits tonight, five hits from 78 batters, and three starts since he returned from the DL. I'm told by a bunch of witty people on Twitter that that's pretty good. Strasburg earns his 13th win of the season. Nationals 5-1 tonight, Dave. Uh, just another impressive outing by Strasburg. Dominant in this last stretch. Dominant the whole season, pretty much. And him and Boris might be regretting signing that extension because he's setting himself up for what would have been a really nice payday if he went to free agency. Well, it's funny you mentioned the um, the extension because I think that since the extension, he's kind of been a little bit different pitcher than even than what we've seen. He seems like um, he seems more relaxed. He seems more at ease. He seems more, you know, this is what I'm going to be doing for the next X amount of my life. And, you know, everything we've ever heard about Steven Strasburg is that he's a creature of habit, that he wants to know what he's doing every minute of the day. He's got everything planned out. And I think the extension plays into that is that, um, that he knows what he's doing now. He knows where he's going to be. He knows who he is and what he's doing. And we're seeing that translate on the mound. I mean, he's been nothing short of remarkable, exceptional, uh, excellent, you know, any any of those superlatives that you can use for him, tonight was no 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 different. I mean, he has been just blazing on fire since he got back from the disabled list, and every time he goes on the mound, he's a joy to watch pitch. Um, you know, I know that there was a for a while there was a certain amount of angst watching Steven Strasburg pitch, but I, if I'm a Nats fan. Um, you know, I just I just try to enjoy every five days because this is what a guy at the top of his craft looks like, um, and I think Nats fans who who have a ridiculous amount of angst built up anyway uh, need to have something that they can just sit back and watch and enjoy every five days, and, and this guy is it. Doghouse after the long All Star break, no baseball since well. Outside of the All-Star game and then that mess of a home run derby, which is totally awesome. Uh, no baseball since Sunday, so nice to come back with Strasburg here. A dominant outing, all the stats we mentioned, five hits allowed from 78 batters in his last three starts. But I think the most impressive thing might be the fact that Starling Marte's stolen base in the fifth was the first stolen base in 111 and two-thirds innings pitched so far this season. Of course, these things always happen this way. The second stolen base came two innings later, but just two stolen bases off Strasburg all all season. Uh, That might be the most impressive stat that I've discovered in looking into just how dominant he's been this year. Yeah, completely ridiculous, especially when you consider a, a couple of seasons ago, people were running on Strass and, and the Nats rotation in general, more or less at will. Uh, but with uh, 
sort of a, a, a change in the coaching staff, a different emphasis. Uh, we've seen how well that uh, this pitching staff takes uh, takes a lesson, can take some coaching, uh, and change their approaches and develop some very effective strategies for shutting down the running game. Not not shown tonight, of course, but uh, as you point out. Strauss in particular has had an incredible streak of, uh, of keeping people from running. Uh, he's, it's uh, been an element he's added to his game, and so he's now becoming more and more a complete pitcher. I know Dave and I both were saying, why is he filling his head with a fourth pitch? Why didn't he just stick to his three dominant pitches? And I'll be darned if he isn't making that fourth pitch a workable part of his repertoire. And if anything, it's making him even more effective because he's even harder to plan against for the uh, for the opposing hitter now because you've got an extra look that you have to compensate for. All right, it's only an okay pitch at this point instead of utterly dominant like his, like his main three. But, wow, uh, seeing the way Strasburg has developed from uh, a phenom uh, in his uh, very first home start there against uh, – against the Pirates a few years ago to Phenom Plus today uh, is is really been wonderful to watch and uh, a great storyline of the last few seasons here as a Nats fan. And even though he may not be cashing in this year and is only getting a big payday instead of an enormous payday, remember, he's got that opt-out in three or four years, setting up the double enormous payday potentially. <laughs> Boo! Dave, uh... Dave, he's now one win away from 17 straight, which would tie the all-time record by uh, D.C. baseball starters set by Furpo Marbury in 1930-1931. We talked, I jokingly maybe, not really jokingly, but talked about him as the next coming of the big train when he was first coming up here, one of the most dominant pitchers, if not the most dominant pitcher in D.C. baseball history, and at this point in his career, Strasburg's right up there with you know some of the best pitchers in BC baseball history. Uh, he's one win away, as I said, from tying the record. Uh, that would be 17 straight wins uh, overall, going back to last September. Uh, I know we all thought he was going to be good. There, the hype before he was drafted and when he was drafted was ridiculous. But what, what do you think about the fact that he seems to be finally living up to that hype and becoming that once-in-a-generation pitcher? Uh, everyone talked about him being before the draft. Well, uh, you know, you're right. He is a once-in-a-lifetime uh, type of pitcher. Um, you know, it, it's it's hard to, to compare, you know, stars of this era against stars of previous eras, and especially if you're talking about stars of, of, of original eras like, like Walter Johnson. I mean, this is a guy that, that essentially revolutionized pitching in baseball. But So I'm not going to compare him against Walter Johnson, but anybody else that's pulled on a, a uniform for – uh, to represent the, the District of Columbia, he's as good as, as there ever has been. Uh, the, the interesting thing, um, you know, Doghouse brought it up, that, that, that Strasburg had a different repertoire when he was coming up than he does now. I mean, when he came up, you know, he threw a, a two-seam and four-seam, and he still does that. He threw two different types of curveballs, and then the changeup, which has always been devastating. You know, he, he's, 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 added, um, he's added the cutter, which, which gives a different look on the fastball action, uh, he's kind of scrapped that that slurvy curveball that he had. He's still throwing the 12 to six, um, you know, and and he's toyed with a slider. So this is a guy that not only 
um, has all this talent, but he's also shown a willingness to uh, adapt depending on, on his pitching coach, um, depending on, the, you know, the, the, the batters and how they've reacted to him. I mean, that's, uh, you know, it's one thing to, to make the major leagues and, and be a big leaguer and to survive on your talent. There's a secondary thing there uh, to bu- become great. You need to be able to adapt. You know, you know anybody's repertoire, if you get enough looks at it, you're going to be able to adjust just to it. The old adage is, you know, if somebody throws, you know, 99, eventually they're going to catch up with you. You know, Strasburg doesn't just do that. He doesn't just rear back and beat you. Uh, he beats you with, with, with talent, skill, adjustment. I mean, he's a, he's a thinking man's pitcher. And, and you know, those that, that appreciate that type of talent, you know, just, just really needs to enjoy watching him pitch every five days. Doug has Francisco. I could talk about Strasburg the whole show, but I guess we'll talk about some of the other stuff that happened. Francisco Liriano for the Pirates, one and five with the Pirates, two and six over his last eight starts. The six two five ERA, two eighty one, three ninety five, four sixty nine line against, and forty and a third innings pitched over that stretch, facing a Nats lineup that had a two seventy two, three forty one, four four ninety one line against left handers this season. Good for third, fifth, and first overall in the National League coming into this game. Clint Robinson, who was a Dante um, from Clerks of the, of the Night, wasn't even supposed to be in there today, ends up coming up with all the big hits. Uh, drives Ramos in with a one-out RBI single in the fifth. A walk by SB, single by Clint Robinson, drives Espinosa in. Uh, he ends up scoring on a punt, I should say, there by Strasburg. A really nice base running play by Espinosa there. He kind of waited until the punt got down, waited for Nestali Feliz to throw to first and scored there, but had a little trouble figuring out Liriano. He's got a deceptive delivery. He's a tough lefty out there, but Nationals eventually got him, knocked him out there in the seventh. No, I I, I object to the characterization of, of Liriano as a, as a tough lefty. At, at his best, he is league average. This season, he is terrible. He's, he's not a good pitcher. Uh, the, the Nats figured him out, and they eventually got to him, but – Wow. Those first few innings, uh, especially when Harper hit into the double play in the fourth there to, to uh, strand a runner at third with one out, uh, I, I, I was ready to come out here and, and wail and, and, and gnash my teeth about, uh, about uh, the Nats not, not making a, a bad pitcher pay. But uh, they turned it around, especially with some excellent base running plays. You mentioned uh, Espinosa on the safety squeeze there was just far enough off third that if Feliz whirls around and throws to first, he can get back to the bag. But he's far enough that with his speed, he has a better than even chance of taking home if he goes to first. Especially, and this is the other part of that base running play, Strasburg is standing straight up, occupying the lane in first, directly in front of the bag, and really screening freeze nicely there because he sort of came, uh, came to the, the uh, foul side of the bag to make the catch, and he had to lean out around Strasburg to throw home. His throw was a little off, offline and high, and that just helped uh, Espinosa get in there and beat the play. So great base running on, on both sides there. And then uh, Robinson scoring from second on a wild pitch was just, you know, icing on the gravy, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> Espinosa scores on the punt there. Robinson, as you mentioned, a wild pitch moves him over to third. He scores on the same play on an errant throw there. And Dave Michael A. Taylor comes up big, uh, two-run home run to right over the off- out-of-town scoreboard, put the Nats up five to one at that point. Uh, Michael A. Taylor supposed to be down in Triple A right now. If there wasn't the injury issues that ended up bringing him right back up after he was optioned to Triple A, 
Uh, he gets his second start in a row. Dusty Baker goes with Turner and Taylor at the top. Uh, gives them both starts in the last two games against left-handers, but Michael A. Taylor comes up big again there, still hitting just 230 on the year, but that power on display again, opposite field blast there to really put it out of reach for the Pirates. Yeah, um, this is what is so tantalizing about Michael Taylor, the, the, the power-speed combo um, and, and his defense. And, you know, if the Nats want to play, you know, if they want to say we're not, we're not uh, you know, we're not platooning guys, but if they actually are platooning guys, I've got no problem with that. You know, I think Baker has learned enough in his tenure as a manager that you want to play the best matchups on a nightly basis that every single win counts. And, um, and, and as far as that's concerned, getting Taylor in against right-handed batters, getting, um, getting the Trey Turner in against, against them, you know, that's, I mean, left-handed bat pitchers. Um, I think that makes, uh, makes a lot of sense. And, you know, there are enough, holes in Michael Michael Taylor's game that, that maybe he's never uh you know going to fulfill um you know the, the lofty exp, 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 ex uh I'm struggling for words here expectations thank you um but um that being said he still has an awful lot of talent and can contribute uh you know especially if they pick and choose when they ask him to contribute Nationals five to one over the Pirates tonight, fifty five and thirty six on the year. Steven Strasburg improves to thirteen and zero, but doghouse. It wouldn't be DC baseball if there wasn't a little bit of a gloomy cloud over all the proceedings tonight. Danny Murphy, a late scratch with general leg soreness, is how it was described by the Nationals after the game tonight. Dusty Baker told reporters that he hurt his leg during the All Star game, which is the last thing you want to hear. Uh, wasn't sure how, wasn't sure if he'll play tomorrow, according to MLB.com's Jamal Collier. Uh, but it would be a big blow if there was anything that keeps Murphy out of the lineup for an extended period of time. I guess we just hope for the best at this point until you figure out exactly what it is going wrong with him. But a great first half by Daniel Murphy, kind of a, a bummer to have him come out of the second with a little bit of a leg issue here. Doom. Doom. <laughs> Where is where well, is your between, between between Robinson and and Turner, we got this. It's all good. We got, we got Taylor in there. To, like between and you mix Michael Taylor in there between the three of them and like some amorphous amalgamated player. You know they'll 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 work it out. There might be some some double switches throughout the infield and outfield. It's uh, Dusty will figure it out. We're good. We're good. I don't know. If, I don't know if their war adds up. Uh, that was my that was my baseball nerd voice for you. Matt Knightley sponsored by federalbaseball.com. dot com. Fifty five and thirty six on the year. Five one win tonight. Two more with the Pirates coming up. Tanner Roark against Garrett Cole tomorrow, seven oh five p.m. in the second game of three in D.C. We'll talk to you guys after tomorrow night's game. Go Nets. I don't know if that war adds up. <laughs> <laughs>